Welcome to Mindful Parenting in a Messy World. I am your host, Michelle Gale. I'm also the author of the book by the same name, Mindful Parenting in a Messy World, Living with Presence and Parenting with Purpose, which you can find on Amazon. If you have happened to have read it and wouldn't mind leaving a review for me on Amazon, that would be most appreciated. You can also go to my website to join my community at beamindfulparent.com. And if you listen to this podcast and love it, leaving a review on iTunes would be amazing. Last but not least, I'm going to be at a retreat on the East Coast of the U.S. this year in Pennsylvania. It's a retreat for women May 18th through the 20th called Rise Gatherings. You can find them on risegatherings.com. It's in the Pocono Mountains of Pennsylvania. I'll be leading multiple workshops on mindful parenting as well as workshops on women's leadership, the mindfulness advantage in women's leadership. And if you use the code Michelle with two L's, you will receive $100 off your ticket price for the weekend. Thanks for being here. Welcome to Mindful Parenting in a Messy World. I'm your host, Michelle Gale, and I am here today with Adam Corrin, and we are going to be talking about money. (laughs) We've never talked about money on this podcast, and today is the day. Adam is a financial counselor, and you know how for some people, when it comes time to look at their money, that's the last thing they want to do? Anybody connect to that? What Adam Corrin does is hold people's hands to help them face and handle their financial challenges so they can sleep at night and feel more and more like an adult when it comes to money. Adam's been coaching and counseling since he was 20. That's 15 plus years. And that experience means he's oh so familiar with all the emotions that dealing with money can bring up. When he started just helping people with their money challenges, his coaching practice took off. Doing this work has instilled in him an appreciation for the courage it can take to face one's money challenges, especially given that hardly any of us got training in dealing with our finances. Welcome, Adam. It's so nice to have you. Thank you, Michelle. Happy to be here. (laughs) Thanks for being here. So we're going down the the money conversation. Yes. Um, well, I would love to, you kind of get, you know, in reading, in reading that initial bio-ish that, that you shared for us, we kind of um, got an idea of how this started for you, mm-hmm. but I'd love to hear a little bit more about kind of your story and how you ended up doing this work and why it matters so much to you. Yeah, yeah, I'd be happy to share. And I think I'm going to share, I don't normally do this, but I think I'm going to share it starting with um, what it was like for me growing up, especially since this is all about parenting. I love it. So um, I think what what really inspired me to um, get into this was that as a kid, like with many um, uh, parent communications, uh, my, my parents didn't want to share anything about finances with me. They didn't want me to know how much they made or, and I grew up probably middle, upper middle class outside mm-hmm. Chicago. And um, I was just always so curious. Like it was so unsatisfying to me because I could tell how important money was on so many levels, but I just couldn't get in. Like I couldn't figure out what was real and what was true for my parents and for my friends and their families. And like, I would go to their houses and you know, some were big, some were small. So 
I just had this big curiosity about it. Mm. And so, um, as you mentioned, I've, I've been coaching a long time and it had never occurred to me to bring my coaching into the realm of money. But when I did, um, things took off. And I think that is because so many people struggle with this so much. And yet, um, it's so unusual for people to really talk about, um, what's really true. And I think we'll get into that, but, um, yeah, so it's just, uh, yeah, yeah. It's just been this this uh, curiosity of, and, and a desire to help in that area. Wonderful. And, and so there you go. You grow up in a house where there isn't much talk about money. And you kind of march along and go off to high school and college. And what's going on there about yeah. relationship to money? Yeah, great. Well, for me... Um, I like to keep things really simple. We were talking about the Enneagram earlier, and as an Enneagram 5, I, I just um, try to keep things as um, simple as possible. And um, so my, my real love and passion has really been in the realm of personal growth. I've you know, done a ton of work in that on myself and um, developing myself as a coach and as a counselor. And um, so... And really a lot of my passion for that is about wanting to get a clear head. Like what, what would it take to really be present and to not be distracted by the million distractions in our world? So that, that's a lot of what, um, you know, what I'm present to and uh, every day and in terms of like, how do I be on top of my world? How do I, how do I really handle things with mastery? And, um, and so it's that, intention that I bring to my money and to, and now helping my clients with money too. Great. That's really helpful to hear. And I love how you're kind of bringing in, um, you know, what this podcast is all about is mindfulness and awareness and presence. And it seems for this conversation, we really need a lot of that to be able to have that conversation. Yeah. You know, why do you think people talk about money so rarely? You know, with real numbers and what's really going on. Yeah, yeah, that is that is such a good question. Um, well, I think there are a few aspects to it. Uh, one is um, I like to kind of br- uh, bring us back a few hundred years, actually, to like you know what what I've learned about the Middle Ages is that things were just so clear about status and about you know which station of life one was in, whether you know royalty to being a slave or in everywhere in between, it was just abundantly clear to everyone where someone was and where you were. And while, you know, that was often painful for people, the, there was a, a peace about it. There was a clarity. And I mentioned that because our society now doesn't have that. There's no obvious, when you walk down the street, you don't really know like how someone's doing financially other than these cues about things like someone's car or their clothes or other kind of, you know, how they, you know, hair or makeup or things like um, these kind of subtle cues. And so, and all of that is kind of easy to fake, especially now that there's so much um, credit and uh, you know, so uh, if we were to be more revealed in what's actually true, we would kind of communicate what our status is. Mm. 
And I, I, so I think that's one aspect of it. Another aspect is just um, fear and shame. There's just so much fear and shame about money. And I see this every day in my practice. And, um, and, it's, and uh, I love Brene Brown's work around um, shame and vulnerability. And it's just, um, it's, it's one of the big privileges of my work with people to get to be with them in their, in their shame and in their fear. And actually, um, through talking about money, um, people, uh, something just really relaxes. And what I find over and over is that the natural intelligence that people have comes on board more and more as, as we um, move through that fear and shame into like, oh, this is, this is not that hard. This is, um, it, it, things become more doable. And the fear and shame, um, do you feel, I'm, you know, as you're saying that, I'm imagining that this all starts, you know, from childhood mm-hmm. and beliefs uh, we have about money and things that we're believing in our mind, right? And mm-hmm. obviously we need awareness and mindfulness to be able to 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 even know that's happening is that work that you're doing with your clients really kind of getting to the bottom of like what do they believe about money Mm -hmm. yes that that definitely comes up all the time of course yeah you're right um i mean for in my work in particular it's kind of a unique thing where it's a blend of um coaching where we're just talking and you know talking like about beliefs and our our past about money but a lot of the work is also about the actual doing. Like we'll actually pull up spreadsheets and look at their bank accounts and things, you know, and, and really to get a handle on it. And um, what I love about it is just going back and forth and, you know, we'll look at some numbers and that'll bring something up for people and we'll talk about that and then we'll come back to the numbers. So um, I, I, I just love the blending of that and how, at the end of our work together, they're really in a, in a different place in relationship to their money. That's not just about, okay, I've, I'm clearer about my stuff and where it comes from, but I'm also like actually clearer about like the details and, you know, what my plans are and that kind of thing. Mm. Well, you know, that I, I wouldn't mind getting some advice from you, <laughs> something I've got going on at home. <clears throat> and that's with my oldest son is 14 and a half. And he started a business last summer, mm. which is super cool. He's made his own money, started a car wash business. He's got like a trailer behind his bike. He's got employees, he's got a business <laughs> partner. You know, yeah. he, he pays people's assistance. He has a whole like structure for how he pays people. He's got, you know, my husband created a spreadsheet with him, which made me think of that as you were talking. Uh-huh. Cracks everything. He knows how much money the business has made, how much he's made, how much he's paid out. I mean, it's amazing. Mm. And here's the tricky part to it. The tricky part to it is that he is so hyper-focused on money now. You know, every time we go to dinner or spend money on anything, he's like multiplying in his mind how many car washes that is. (laughs) And it stresses him out, like really stresses him out. You know, he recently broke his collarbone, which is so sad because he's really athletic and um, does a lot and goes around a lot and hasn't been able to. And, um, and, you know, has been around more, you know, he's just been around the house more and so hyper-focused on finance, like to the point of s- stress, you know, mm-hmm. like you can't buy anything, stop and get a juice, you know, a green juice or something, which is expensive here where I live, you know, it might be $8 or something for green yeah. juice. And he's like, mom, you know, 
and he relates it to car washes and will think it's too much money. And, you know, it's like hard to enjoy. It's hard. It's hard to enjoy. So anyway, I would be really curious, like what you might counsel me on how to talk to him about mm. money. And I know you don't normally work with kids and normally work, you know, kind of, it's not a, a, a kid workshop that you normally okay. do. But maybe even just giving me advice on how you would talk to an adult and maybe that will give me um, ideas on how to talk to my son. Yeah. Okay, great. So, um, yeah, first of all, I just so appreciate your willingness to share your own personal challenge here. Um, and, yeah, it, so let me make sure I understand. So part of the discomfort is is his, his frustration, like how uptight he gets about it and frustrated. Yeah. Um, yeah. It like takes the joy out of the room. <laughs> uh-huh, <laughs> so often, right. You know, so often and maybe it's because we haven't talked about money enough. Um, you know, my husband and I, I can, I'm happy to share that too at some point during our time together. Yeah. You know, my husband and I have had our own struggles with different relationships to money. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it, it's about, kind of taking the joy out of moments so often because he's worried or critical or um, horrified, you know, at how much mm-hmm. things he has, he's hyper-focused on how much things cost. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, great. Well, um, I think one way I want to speak to this is in terms of um, partners and then we'll come back to you and your son but um, I see this, I'm seeing more and more couples in my practice. And um, what I see sometimes is that the, the two partners will polarize around, like around spending, for example, where, you know, one is just more, much more free and, and wanting to spend and get, get things. And the other is more into savings or frugality. And that can be a really um, challenging tension within, uh, within a partnership. And the, the, and both really have gifts to offer, right? Both things are good. And um, so I, to bring it back to you and your son, I, I wonder how you can um, really appreciate him for his frugality, for his um, mindfulness, really, about yeah. um, money going out. And, and then also, you know, and just share the benefit of the other side and, and understanding that he may not really appreciate it, but um, just to, just to, for his understanding, because part of this is about him wanting to understand, like, why are you doing this? Like, yeah. It seems crazy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But there is, there are good reasons, right? Like it's so. Yeah. And part of it, Adam, is just that it is crazy. You know, we live in a community that where things are just really expensive and life is expensive and he's very curious. Um, and we're trying to be open with him about, you know, he'll ask about how much the mortgage is and how much we pay in taxes. And, you know, he just wants to know he's, he's interested mm-hmm. and, and we are sharing with him and we also share with him, you know, how hard we have to work. And also how much his grandparents have helped us, you know, mm-hmm. over the years. And, um, and, and we probably wouldn't live in the house in the neighborhood we did if it wasn't for the generosity of his grandparents, even though we both, you know, my husband and I both work so hard. Um, and we try to share with him our value is that we work hard and we want to be able to play hard. You know, we want to enjoy our life. We want to enjoy the hard work. We, we want to enjoy it for ourselves. We want to help, you know, who we can, right? We have my 
28-year-old cousin's living with us right now because he's between jobs and um, we're helping him. Like we want to be able to share it with those we love. We want to be able to share it with different charities and organizations we care about. And um, like, that's it. It comes in and it goes out. You know, it's not, and it's not who we are at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. So that those are kind of the conversations we have with him. Yeah. Yeah. You you know, Michelle, the other thing that's coming up for me around this and um, it it, is that our world is confused about money. It's Mm -hmm. confusing. And, you know, and uh, given what you're sharing about like living in an expensive place and, and he's just, you know, fairly new to all of it and just trying to make sense of it. And it, and there are a lot of ways it just doesn't make sense. Yeah. So yeah. That's, that's Can you speak a little bit more to that, how it doesn't make sense? Yeah. Well, I mean, there's, um, I mean, <laughs> that could get into a whole conversation about capitalism, right? And uh, right. our whole system, which is about more, more, more. And, and advertising, which I'm, you know, I'm sure he's seen thousands and thousands of ads as we all have. And, um, and, and yet that, uh, and how that does influence us and yet how that, have you had conversations with him about advertising and about more, more, more? Yeah, very much. I mean, yes, absolutely. In fact, we don't do much live television. You know, I tell him why we don't, you know, we'll record things and go past the commercials. Right. We did watch them during the Super Bowl this yeah. year. There's a lot more social stuff this year. I was really, yeah. it was really inspiring to see mm-hmm. um, how it was much less about selling, selling, selling. Mm-hmm. Um, more about kind of ideas and feelings. Um, and then we yeah. talked about that. So yeah, we definitely do. And he's lucky. I talked about this on one of my previous podcasts. Um, you know, his school does a lot around media education. Oh, great. So we've been really lucky about that. Um, yeah. And, you know, we, we let him know, like they're all, you know, everybody's trying to sell you something. Yeah. You know, you know everyone's trying to sell you something. That's how this all works. Right. I mean, I hope people listen to my podcast and go to my website and join my mailing list. <laughs> right. You know? um, because, and it's a, it's a give and take. I want to be able to offer things out to the world and, you know, and, and then I'm in business. Right. Yeah. So um, I'm hoping people join me and, and, and join me on retreats and maybe do an online class with me. So, I mean, this is always going on, you know, even in like this moment right now, you know, right. the work that That's we're doing. Cool. I so appreciate your transparency and yeah, me too. Like I, I love my work and I'm on this mission to get, get it out there as much as possible and being here as part of that. So yeah. and I think it's true for your son too, right? Like he keeps bringing it back to how many car washes, like that's his version of like of, of being hyper-focused on his business. Yeah. So that's, you know, he's selling as well as being sold to just, just like we are. So yeah, I think a lot of it is just my work around not getting irritated. <laughs> uh, right. Yeah, you know, I haven't talked about it out loud. It's nice to kind of be on this call with you, a little, little coaching session. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. As I'm saying it out loud, you know, I need to practice what I preach on this on this podcast, which mm. is, you know, whenever something's bothering us out there, we have to look inside mm. and like, why is that bothering? Why does it matter? And I'm asking myself right now, I don't know the answer. You know, why does it matter that he's so hyper-focused on money? Um, maybe it's my own worry about money and insecurity. And, you know, I'm actually, um, I've been in, I went to graduate school and I've been doing a lot of learning retreats and 
um, studying with meditation teachers to, to, for my own teaching. And I've been not focused about on making money for quite a few years. I mean, I'm making some money, but I haven't been very focused on it. And now I am, you know, mm-hmm. this year, I'm like, hey, this is the year to bring all this work that I've done on myself and all of the learning out to the world. Yeah. Exciting. And so the truth is I'm much more in my mind, more focused on making money. And maybe that's one of the reasons it's triggering me. Huh. Uh-huh. You know? Okay. Great. Do you mean like some judgment of yourself that you shouldn't be maybe. focused on making money? Yeah. I don't like it. You know, I definitely uh-huh. don't. I don't like it. Um, I don't like having to focus on it. No one does. And we do. And when you're in business for yourself, you probably, you know, have this experience too. Um, you know, it's hard. It's only you and, and you have to figure it out and make it work. And there is a tension there. You know, there's a struggle there. And there's also for me personally, a tension there. Um, and we, I know we talked about the Enneagram. I've never talked about the Enneagram on the podcast. So just to let our listeners know the Enneagram is this wonderful system for learning about yourself called the Enneagram, E-N-N. And, um, on the Enneagram, I'm a, I'm a two, you know, you mm-hmm. said you were a five and a twos want to be accepted and, you know, want you to like me and I want you to appreciate me. You know, that's kind of the, the desire of the two yeah. that we really watch. And so if I feel like I'm selling too much, um, then maybe you won't like me. You know, I want things to be more fair. I want it to be, I told, was talking to you before we came on the podcast, you know, when I, uh, if I'm taking, I also want to be giving and, um, and that can get tricky, I think in the mind sometimes, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Just so appreciate your, your revealing what's, um, what goes on underneath for you. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, there's always a lot going on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Why do you think it's so hard to talk about finances? You know, I, I told you before we got on, yeah. I didn't tell you the story, but my husband and I have definitely had a tricky time with money. You know, he comes from a family with money mm-hmm. and I do not. <laughs> and so, um, you know, we have very different relationship to what's enough. Mm. Um, a very different relationship to what's enough that we've had to work on over the years. And in addition to that, because he's kind of always had enough, he doesn't want to track money. Right. Um, you know, when you were saying those couples that one wants to track and one doesn't, not that I want to, but I'm willing to. So sometimes when he would be getting all worried about money and I wasn't worried at all, because to me it's enough already. (laughs) I see. Uh Right. He'd be getting all up in arms and I'd be like, well, let's start budgeting. Let's like, let's sit down. Let's look at how much we spend. And he's like, no, I don't want to do that. (laughs) No, I don't want to do that. And then I would be like, oh my God, then why are we having this conversation? Like if we're not going to do anything about it, just, you know, anyway, but we really had, and I, you know, I've asked him to do his work around money and I've done my own work around my relationship to money. I love the book, The Soul of Money. I'm not yes. sure if that's something you suggest to people. So good. Lynn Twist. Ah, oh, Lynn Twist. It's just such a good book. Um, I've gone back and read it over the years again. Um, but, you know, why is it so hard? Right, right. Well, um, yeah, I, I love all your sharing. And just within a partnership, like that, that is its own um, challenge as, as you were just sharing. I mean, it, like in pretty much every partnership, the two people are coming from usually very, very different experiences. And even if, with similar backgrounds, there, there just always are differences. And so, um, so part of it is just how can you ideally find a way to appreciate both sides of whatever polarity there is, like you were just saying about enoughness and about 
wanting to track and not wanting to track. And um, so, so that's a big part of my work is appreciating both sides mm -hmm. and then together trying to find whatever common ground or, okay, I'm going to handle this part and you handle this part. But why is it so hard to talk about it? I, I think so much of it is because of the fear and shame that we were talking about earlier. Mm. And, and also the expectation that we should know how to do it, which is crazy because hardly any of us had any real training in finances. And there are all these aspects, right? There's, there's budgeting, as you were just saying. There's saving. There's investing. There's thinking long-term, like about retirement. Um, there's giving there. So there are all these different aspects and yet we don't get any training about any of it. And yet we think we're supposed to like be good at it, which is just insane. <laughs> and then, and then there's all this fear and shame on top of that. So we don't talk about it. So we don't realize that everyone else pretty much is feeling similarly. So, uh, I, so that's, I, I think it's really the fear and shame, but also with the, the somehow these expectations that we should know better. Mm. And you know, you keep, you, you keep pointing this kind of fear and shame around finances. And yeah. I wonder if you are willing to share or if it would, you'd be open to share. What are some of the, you know, so people who are listening can know, oh, mm -hmm. I, that's me too. Right. What are the typical things that people have fear and shame around money? You know, the top five things or something, you know, whatever sure. feels natural to you. But so people listening can say, oh, you know, that's me. Maybe I need some support around yeah. like, read Lynn Twist's book, Soul of Money, or, you know, start this exploration for myself. Yeah, great. Well, I mean, hopefully there, my, my hope is that there's some relief in just hearing um, from my experience in doing this every day that um, it, I just hear it over and over how much, um, uh, how much relief there can be in just talking about it um, and, and just with the details with someone who's um, neutral and compassionate. So that's, that's kind of one recommendation I have is just to um, find, you know, find some kind of friendly person to talk it over with and so, um, I'm sure, Michelle, remind me of your, your question. It was like, what are, what are the things that you kind of tend to hear over and over again? Not that it's everything and all oh, yes. encompassing around the fear and the shame. Thank you. Thank you. The other thing is about being behind. And I hear this all the time. And sometimes it comes up in me too, is this sense of feeling behind, feeling behind, um, around retirement, feeling behind about not having enough savings yet sometimes, or, or taxes, or it, like I just hear that um, over and over, and um, I think that's kind of a hidden uh, side of our our capitalist society. And, and the more, more, more is like, um, and and it goes back to what you were saying about enough. Like, what is enough? So, um, so that's that's a really important thing to think about: is what is enough for me? Mm. And what are people ashamed about? Yeah, it's, uh, it usually has to do with not being good at it. And, just, and, and it's a vicious cycle because the more we feel bad, the less we want to look at it and the less we want to work on it. And then the more things can, problems can pile up. Um, I heard this acronym that I just love, which is for shame, should have already mastered everything. <laughs> 
So that's a good one. Yeah, that's a good one. And I'm also imagining, tell me if I'm, if I'm wrong, but I'm imagining comparisons, like comparing ourselves, like the keep up with the Joneses kind of a thing. Like, I think that could be so easy to do in, you know, in my neighborhood, like we've got like an old Volvo that we're just trying to keep alive, like, and get through high school for my son. Even my father-in-law will get in and be like, the seat is ripped, you know? Uh, <laughs> and we're like, oh, uh, <laughs> you know, I we know. just want this thing to like last, you know, five more yeah. years. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, I certainly, I could be honest at times. I'm like, Ooh, you know, this car is looking kind of, you know, it's looking kind of rough in the neighborhood mm. <laughs> you know, when you look around and I want to get the most out of this car. We've taken really good care of it. And, it's been a good car and it's going to be a great car. You know, it's a great high school kid car. He doesn't need a new car. Um, so anyway, you know, I think this comparison and, and keeping up, keeping up with what yes. we around in our neighborhood on television, on the meet in the media, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a great one. Yeah. Comparison and um, status. And, and mm-hmm. sometimes it's just comparison with where I think I should be. Or where I wish I were. Yes. Um, like I'd really love to have X in the bank. Or I, I wish I were this far along in retirement. Um, and yeah, sometimes it's, it's the social aspects too. And then in terms of, um, I wanted to ask you and, and you know, for, for your listeners, there's, there's a big piece about values too. And, and values is such a big part of, of money, right? And how we, where do we put our money? And does that match with what's really important to us? Mm-hmm. And, then, um, and then also there's the conversation with kids about values. I, I wonder if that's come up for you or um, if, if you could speak to that piece about... You mean with my family, with my kids? Yeah, yeah. Have you talked about what you guys value and how that relates to money at all? Yeah. I mean, I think I was pointing to it a bit earlier, but as you say that, um, certainly I'm thinking back to conversations we've had around the table and um, valuing, you know, as so I can, I'll share my values, my personal mm-hmm. values, which yeah, of course is going to come off on my children. Um, mm-hmm. In, in you know, when we have resources... Um, we share them, <laughs> mm. you know, when, if we are resourced and we are resourced in my opinion, I mean, we're not like flying to Hawaii every, every month or we don't have a private jet or, you know, we're not like traveling on vacation, you know, every break. Right. And certainly I'm telling you, my older son's school, every time he comes home for like winter break, he's like, why aren't we going to Hawaii? <laughs> uh-huh. You know, everybody in my class is going to Hawaii uh-huh. you know, and we're kind of taking a road trip or hanging home or whatever. Right. So you know, and I feel like, you know, compare, what if I compare to some of people in our community, um, you know, we're not, we're not doing those same things and our life feels ridiculously resourced mm. and I want, we want to share it, right. Whether we share it with those we love or share it with, you know, organizations we care about or sharing our time, you know, volunteering and going and showing up for people. You know, my son's been, I told you had his a collarbone broken and he's been playing a ton of video games and watching movies and what else is the kid going to do, right? He's reading a lot, but he, you can't read for nine hours a day. He wasn't even in school for a few weeks. And now he's kind of getting better. 
and, you know, still kind of in the same pattern after school because that's what he's been doing. And so yesterday I was like, Tyler, how about we find a place for you to volunteer after school? Mm. You know, uh, one, even one or two days a week. And he said, well, tell me more. And I said, well, maybe it's an, you know, an elderly home and you just go sit with people and listen or, you know, maybe something. We find something so that, because I feel like right now you're in this pattern, which is so reasonable coming home after school and playing video games because you know, we're watching a movie because there's not much else you can do at this point. Um, but what if we do that, right? So that we're kind of giving, you're giving your life resource to someone else when you have this time. And so that, you know, those kind of conversations matter to me. And so yeah. that's not about money, um, but time is money, right? right. right. <laughs> um, anyway, so. Yeah, I'm just hearing value? there's a, a real value around giving. And uh, especially when, when there is resource, whether it's time or money. Exactly. Feeling reciprocal, feeling like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm receiving and, and I feel like I've received a lot. My children have received a lot. You know, my in-laws are very generous and both of the kids, you know, they've gone to public school, but they also both have spent most of their time in private schools. And when they've had issues around learning, you know, the resources available to them, um, and it just feels like such a gift. So I want to share that with them too, right? We remind them, you know, I remind my son Brody does a lot of occupational therapy and he loves it and it's very expensive mm. and my in-laws pay the bill and the bill comes and I, and he pays it and then she, they pay it together. And, and I tell my son, just so you know, like, you know, your Lulu and pop paid for this for you. Mm. Um, you know, they do this for you so that you can, you can grow and develop and enjoy yourself and, you know, mm-hmm. I just want you to know where this is coming from. You know, yeah. it's heartfelt. Yeah. And there, I, I'm hearing something about gratitude in there too. Like, yeah. Or the, um, just the gifts. Yes. Yes. I mean, we get a fresh box of vegetables once a week, you know, on Wednesdays they deliver milk, you know, in a glass bottle, like old fashioned uh-huh. and which I love. I remember that when I was a child, it just uh-huh. makes me feel so, I just love it. So warm. But also we get, you know, we support the local farms. So I tell my kids, you know, I do this because it supports the local farms. It's also crazy convenient. It means I don't have to go to the grocery store as often. And, you know, we're getting, we're receiving what we need and we're also supporting local farmers and we want to do that. So, you know, I'm, I hadn't thought this through in the way you're asking me. So I'm really appreciating the conversation. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, what, what, what it is my values are and how I share that with my kids. I'd like to spend more time doing it. Yeah. I I need to work with you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It was such a great conversation. And so for your listeners, that's just something that you can take away if your kids are a little older about like what conversations are we having with them about money and what, what values are we hoping that they are coming away with? And if they're younger, um, where, um, where, and if you have a partner, um, what are your conversations like with your partner about money? How much um, appreciation is there for both sides? How much um, togetherness do you have with that? And um, where's the room for growth? Where, where's the room for finding ways to talk about things where you've had tension? So those are some things to think about. Well, that is, those are beautiful suggestions. And I think a lovely way to, to wind down our conversation. Yeah. Yeah. It's, we, we're about time and I'm really grateful. I feel like I've learned a lot about myself, which is one of the reasons I love my podcast because I'm also Mm. 
learning and just thank you for your generosity and time. And um, can you share with our listeners how they can get in touch with you, website, um, you know, to be able to work with you if they wanted, if they were wishing doing some of this work? Sure, sure. You can just go to adamcorin.com and Corin is K-O-R-E-N. And you can see uh, more about me and my work. And um, yeah, I'm happy to talk further with people. I, I do offer some free consultations at this point uh, around my work. And so, yeah, it's just, like I said, it's just such a privilege to get to help people with such a, an intimate and important area of life. Beautiful, beautiful. And a reminder, um, you can find me at beamindfulparent.com which is also michellegale.com. And I'll also be at Rise Gathering on the East Coast in Pennsylvania for my East Coast listeners. And if you go to their website, risegathering.com, and put in Michelle with two L's as the checkout code, you get $100 off. It's a two-day retreat um, this May. So I'd love to see people there. And we will say goodbye to all of you and goodbye to Adam. Thank you again. My pleasure. Thanks for having me, Michelle. Yeah, and we'll, we'll, we'll be back soon. May you meet this moment fully. May you meet this moment with kindness towards yourself and others. And for listening to this podcast, Adam has generously offered not only his free coaching session up front just to make sure it's a fit to work with him, but if you reach out to him and mention that you heard about him on this podcast, then you will be offered 10% off of any of his regular coaching packages. That's right. I'm excited to talk with your listeners. Yeah, thank you for offering that, Adam. Thanks for listening to Mindful Parenting in a Messy World. Michelle's new book, Mindful Parenting in a Messy World, Living with Presence and Parenting with Purpose, is now available at Amazon and at mindfulparentingbook.com. Get your copy today.